Welcome to the Proper Blokes Podcast, episode number two, brought to you by Prism, the creators of the Disputable Take, and here's your host, Matthew Medina. Welcome to the Proper Blokes Podcast, part of the Prism Network, sports media. Uh, this is my soccer-only podcast, I have another podcast, a little bit more general sports, a lot of hoops, a lot of football, we can talk some rap on that one, they pop. Uh, the Disputable Take, but this is all part of the Prism Network, um, and this one is dedicated to just soccer, and it's not just any specific country. We're going to be kind of talking um, all of soccer, soccer from here in the States, America, international, Spain, Germany, France, you name it, we're going to probably be talking about it. Um, you know, so we have one episode under the books, work on trying to secure the second person to actually make this a blokes, instead of just a proper bloke podcast um but you know still working on the details on that one my people are in contact with his people his people don't pick up the phone anyways let's go ahead let's get started here um a lot of this a lot of this is really going to be a lot of epl and mls talk um just because those are obviously mls is here it's domestic it's our domestic league um epl is my favorite league in the world that i watch um, so I'm just dialed in a lot more on that one. I'll be talking Champions League, Bundesliga, and uh, La Liga as well. Um, but those, you know, pretty much focusing on the top, those races, if there are some. Uh, like in some places, Bundesliga is pretty much done. But we'll be looking at some of those leagues as well. But let's kind of let's dive right into it. Um, you know, let's talk EPL because that is the most popular league in the world. And it kind of looks like United have some life. Um... They got a big, this is from, now this is results, so they won an international break, so that's kind of good news, it gives us a breather to catch up on um, the domestic leagues. Um, you know, last time United played, they got, it had, um, they beat Middlesbrough, which is a bottom feeder team, but the biggest part is they beat them, because that team is desperate, and, you know, you can't, you got to be cautious of teams that are desperate, they want to stay in the Premier League, they don't want to lose on the money. Um... So they got three points on the road, which is huge. They were pretty clinical in that game. Um, that's also huge. Uh, you have to give Middlesbrough credit tough, um, some credit. They played United really tough, um, but United did what they were supposed to. They were supposed to walk in, they get the three points, and walk out. They did that. Uh, they scored fourth first. They scored second. They held tight. Their defense was pretty good. They gave up one goal, but they scored their final goal on an error. Victor Valdez at the end of the game. Antonio Valencia will never have an easier goal in his entire life, ever. Um, I mean, he just literally walked it in after Victor Valdez had slipped it. So it's great for them. Huge win because Zlatan Ibrahimovic was suspended. Pogba was injured. So those have been their two best players. Despite what people have been saying about Pogba in the media and everything, don't listen to that. He's been playing really well. He just, you know, he's not a goal scorer. And I get when people say you're paying $90 million, you should be getting a 50 goal a season guy and it's like I don't necessarily agree with that he's been really great he's adjusting to a new league he's still a baby he's only 23 but there are times when he just physically dominates everybody on the pitch controls the game um so it was good that they didn't have him and they were able to win that game um you know they've been now knocked out of the FA Cup so you know I'm a United fan like I mentioned the first episode um there I still a lot of people are still pegging them to, to finish in the top four. I don't see it happening. I just think they have a really, really, really tough schedule. Um, but 
they're in the quarterfinals of the Europa League. They look really good. They're getting a nice draw. I think they, they should really focus all their their energy and you know now's the time to rotate players to make sure that the Europa League squad is always their their best squad. They have the most pa- talent on paper. Uh, they should go win this tournament. Um, but the good news is, you know, if you're a United fan like me, they still have two games in the bag uh, that they need to make up. So you can make the argument, oh, it's more games, you know, tighter schedule. Yeah, but that means they can make up six points. And they're still close um, in the table. Let me go ahead and pull up the table real quick here. Um, let me get to my iPad iPad, if you're listening, we'd love to be sponsored and supported by you, but we're not holding on any hope for just yet. Um, let's pull up the table here. You know, they have two games in hand, and they're only four points back of Liverpool. And Liverpool is looking shaky. They look good one week, they look shaky the next. So, you know, the, the thing, if you're a Liverpool fan, they don't have any Champions League to worry about. They don't have any FA Cup. They don't have anything else that would accept the Premier League. So they should be able to hold out, which I think they will. Um, the good thing was two weeks ago, Man City and Liverpool did tie. So it helps United. I'd still focus on, on Europa League and try and win that. Make sure that you win that because the winner of Europa League gains entrance into the Champions League automatic. You don't have to worry about a playoff or anything like that. Um, definitely need to focus on the off summer in the summer in the off season. Get some midfield depth. Get some more help at the back line. Um, you can get some attacking players. Uh, if, if Zlatan leaves, there's it's kind of murky there. No one knows if he's staying or if he's going. Uh, obviously, I would love for him to stay, but if you don't, definitely look at Alexis Sanchez from Arsenal. He's on a one-year contract. He's got one year left on his contract. Probably not going to stay. He's not happy there. You know, you you buy him, you put him on the wing, you move Rashford and and Martial up top. That'd be really great. So. Um, you know, we'll see what United does. I, hopefully, hopefully they win the Europa League, gain Champions League that way. That way, England can also get five teams into the, the Champions League. That would be cool. Um, moving on, we're going to look at Arsenal real quick. Arsenal, um, in my opinion, are done. And it, it's not just that they're done. They looked really awful against West Bromwich. And I know West Bromwich is an upper, you know, top 10 t- team in the table. But they just look like they didn't care. They, their body language looks awful. They gave up the first one. They scored real quick. Uh, but they gave up two more goals to a team that's, you know, not really known historically for, you know, scoring a lot of goals. Now, this year isn't, you know, this is kind of like a, the new West Bromwich. But, um... You know, you, the, Arsenal should not go and lose the way they, they do. Um, the thing is, the team really looks like they have quit an Arsene Maker. I don't know. I'm not in the locker room. But from the field, from the pitch, it just looks like they're done. He has said he knows what he's going to do at the end of the season. We don't know just yet. I've been learning up on it. I don't know. It's going to be interesting there. But I don't think they're going to face top four. Um... I don't know if Mezzo, there's no reason to stay at Arsenal if they don't make the top four. There's there's just none. They don't have the money that United has, so you can't ask for a high you know, pay like you can like at United at Chelsea or City if you don't make the top four. Um, you know, they're just they they have no I know I mentioned last time they haven't had a striker since uh, Thierry Henry. That that wasn't true. I mean they had Robin Van Persie, but 
I mean, United technically had him for his best year in the, in the Premier League, too. So it's like they haven't really had anybody. Giroud's not good enough. Welbeck's not healthy enough. Um, you know, just not enough players to fill the gap. There's no real leader on the team. There's nobody that can galvanize the team, so to speak. It's, um, I don't know. I don't, we'll see what they'll do. I don't. I think if they don't make the Champions League, because that's really what's been his calling card to keep this job, is maintaining this. Oh, we finished in the Champions League. We're developing players. We balance the books. We make money. We play attractive football. We do this. We do that. Yeah, but you don't win. And I know they've won two FA Cups in the last couple of years, but you know, you, they got. They're not. They're never seriously contending for the Premier League. They never are a legit threat. You know. So that's. For a club the size that they are, the prestige that they are, the history that they have, the money that they make, the fans that they have, the city that they're in, it's just not good enough. It's not good enough. And it's going to be interesting to see if he steps down or if he's fired. Um, I would fire him. If they don't make the top four, you have to fire him. The team has already quit on him. Um, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, look at the rest of the EPL. This is my tallest midget section. We're looking at the teams at the bottom of the table. Looking to see if they can stay in the Premier League. We're going to take a look at Crystal Palace. They got three huge points on the road. Um, 38 or 39 points tends to be enough to stay above the relegation line. They're only 10 points from there. Um, they went into Wat Watford. is pretty safe there at 14th. Could have used the points, but they're probably going to be safe. Um, but huge points for Crystal Palace and Sam Allardyce. Um, they haven't really been lighting it up since he's been there. Um, but they're above, you know, they're above the relegation line there. Bournemouth going to Swansea, take all the points there. Bournemouth is another good squad there, but Swansea needed a point or something. They got nothing. Um, not looking good for them at all. They're just really, really, really tight at the table there. Um, looks like the Swans, I don't think they're going to make it. Um, you know, we'll see, but it's it's tight. Well, no, actually, I think they are going to make it. I take that back. They're not at the bottom of the table. Let me pull this up. They've actually been playing pretty good. Yeah, they're twenty. They're three points above the relegation line. You know, it's tight. They could have used a point just to, you know, at this point in time, any point's a good point for them. Um, but still tight. We'll see what happens. They'll probably make it, but we'll see. Leicester City, um, I said it last time, I, I don't agree with what they did with Claudio Ranieri. Um... But they did the right thing, apparently. I mean, they're winning in the Premier League. They're winning in the Champions League. They're getting... They're just winning. Everybody... They look like Leicester City again from last year. Um, Maris and Vardy are scoring again. They're in the quarterfinals of the Champions League. And I'm going to circle around and talk about this later on. But this is... I don't even know if this is more incredible than them winning the Premier League. Um, I mean, Leicester City should just not be one of the eight teams left in, in Europe for the Champions League. I mean, I can't believe it. It's stunning. But, you know, good for them. You know, I feel bad for their fans because what are you supposed to do where, you know, you're looking at this part where, you know, this is the guy who won us the, won us the Premier League. We fired him and our players aren't really playing hard for him. But we need to support the team because we're the fans and that's what we're supposed to do. And now the team's winning, and they look energized, they look happy, and they looked rejuvenated, so to speak. So it's a tough dilemma to put them in, but they're gonna obviously they're gonna make it. I don't think they're gonna get relegated, and they have a shot. 
Um, like I said, we're going to circle back about in the Champions League. Um, but they have a shot because because they're Leicester City, and they always have a shot now, apparently. Hull City lose to Everton 4-0. That's, you know, that's almost a, almost the the death in the nail there. I mean, you don't expect to get, you know, if you're a whole city, I don't think you expect to beat Everton. Everton's a pretty good team. But to lose 4-0, now you're not even helping your goal difference when, you know, they're separated by five goals on goal difference with Swansea City. Even, I mean, even losing 1-0, you take three goals off, and now they're only down by two and two points. So, or three points, excuse me. Crushing. Crushing, crushing. I think they're done. Um, Sunderland, they're done. Nil nil with Burnley. You know, yeah, they got a point, but they're bottom of the table. They're just not, not good enough. Not good enough at all. Um, Tottenham and Chelsea secure three points against Southampton and Stoke City, respectively. I really think we're getting closer and closer now to where these are the teams that are going to finish in the top two. Um, I, I think they're the best two teams in England as well. United would be in there, but they can't. They haven't finished this year. If they were finishing their goals, and they might be number one. They might be running away with the Premier League. But you have to put the ball in the back of the net, and they they haven't been doing that. So credit to Chelsea who've been doing it. Credit to Tottenham who've been doing that. Um, these are the teams that are doing. I mean, look at the goal difference. These are the teams with the highest goal difference. So they score the most, and they don't give. They give up the least. There you go. That's why they're number one and two. Um, Southampton lost Gabadini um, early in the first half. He's been playing great for them since since they purchased him. He's the purchase they needed at the beginning of the season. If they had had if they had him early in the season, I think they'd be higher than table. I don't know how high, but he. I mean, they have twelve losses. He could flip that around easily and put them sixth, seventh, competing for a European spot. I love. I love what Southampton does as a team, and you know they sell, and it it is what it is. But they keep developing players. Their scouting is second to none. They find these great bargains in Europe, and it's really great. I love it. I love what they're doing, and um, big fan of their operation as far as a as an organization. Uh, big fan there. Um, but hopefully he's not injured in next season. You know they don't have to sell him. Could be huge for them. Get a trophy, make a trophy run, uh, one of the cups, make a serious, legit top six, top five um, run. I like what they're doing. Uh, we're going to move on to MLS. Right now, we're going to talk about my squad, my hometown team, Orlando City. Uh, their last game, now this was almost a week, almost two weeks ago, I believe. Actually, maybe it was probably last week. Um, Orlando City, they've got three more points. Now, I know it was a home game. And they didn't have to play a game against New England because it was canceled because of snow. But they secured three more home points, and they were terrible at home last year. Uh, they have a defense. And this is no disrespect to any of the guys that played there last year. But they were awful. I mean, we have a, they have a good, we have a good goalkeeper. And you'll finally get to see it because he doesn't have to – block 800 shots a game so kudos to to um to coach christ um i didn't like some of his offseason moves but now every literally everything is starting to look like yeah he knows more than i know and he probably does know more about how to win in the mls uh but the defense has been great jonathan specter again 
Um, but let's 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 go to Kyle Aaron real quick first. I'm gonna talk. I'm gonna come back to Spectre in just a second. Um, two goals again from Kyle Aaron's back. All three goals. He's converting at a 50% clip from his shop. Uh, from like his shots. The biggest thing about this game was they controlled the game a lot better. Now, if you, if you, I highly recommend it. If you don't follow MLS, you know, realistic expectations. I said it in the last episode. Set yourself up for realistic expectations. This isn't La Liga. This isn't the Premier League. This isn't Bundesliga. It's not going to look as pretty. However, it's still a lot of fun. And the MLS app is really cool. I was looking at it the other day. Um, I, I did went, I went ahead and I purchased the MLS subscription thing. So I've been watching some of the games. And it's really great how I can watch the condensed games. The NBA app has it too, but it's kind of hard to watch an NBA game in like 15 minutes. It's just not the same. Um, however, you can watch a soccer game in like 25 minutes and get how the game was played out. Um, Orlando City controlled the game a lot better. Dominated the first half. Second half, it kind of, you know, wasn't there. Um, but then they finished strong, holding the ball a lot better. Um, they put it was a lot more. The second goal from Kyle Lair, oh, just the passing from uh, to Rivas to Garcia, and Garcia's through ball to Kyle Lair. It's perfect. The thing about Kyle Lair, a lot of people like him, and I'm not gonna say he's overrated or he's underrated. I think he's properly rated. He does finish really good, but there's some aspects to this game he's still working on. Like I don't think he holds the ball up that good. And I, I have to go ahead and, you know, kind of eat my own words here. I was not a big fan of Carlos uh, Rivas. Um, but now it looks like he's been played out of position. Like, he's not a left winger. It actually looks like, you know, this is a term that Ben and Blazers view. It almost looks like he's a big bottom small. Like, he's supposed to play. He's a second striker. And the way they're him and, and, and um, Kyle Laird are playing together, it looks like this is how it should have been. Like he's assisted. He's got three assists already this year. Um, and they're not asking Kyle Air to be a lone striker. Hey, hold up play. Hey, do this. Hey, do that. It's like, hey, run against the defense. That's what you're good at. And we're going to pass you the ball in an area where you can just bang it in. And now he's attacking with his head. He hasn't always been the best finish with his head. He's, you know, he has his first goal of the year was with the head. And he's running around a lot. He's linking up play better this year. He's just doing everything a lot better. So credit to Kyle Aaron, improving his game, and the coach demanding more, getting more. And it, the, the results are on the field. They just look like a much better team with two strikers. They really do. And, and Rivas looks so much more comfortable. He looks better. Um, you know, it, this, it is what it is. Like, I don't think that they, they don't ask him to defend much. And I don't think he wants to play defense too much, which is fine. Which is fine. I mean, there's 11 guys on the pitch. You can ask somebody else to play defense. Um, and then the defense has been great. So that's what I'm talking. You know, we're gonna we're gonna switch to the. You know, he should have been. Uh, Carl, let's put a button on Carl on um, Carlos Rivas. He should have been up there the whole time. He should have been up there the whole time. And you just have to question every like the one thing my friend and I always talk about is: Did we really waste like two years of Kaká? You know, with the not the right formation there. So that's kind of sucks, but uh, looks great in the second striker position. Uh, Giles Barnes has been really good. Um, he's not Kaká, but he plays more direct. 
and I think that actually works really good in the MLS. He's feisty. He gets fouls. He creates free, um, you know, free kicks a lot and stuff like that. So I set pieces. I like Giles Barnes. He's been playing really good. He's really embraced the area. I think it looks like he, he really loves playing here. So that's cool. Um, but but you know to to go back to what we talked about in the beginning of this segment, Jonathan Spector has been the best thing that happened to Orlando since Kaká. Um, he is just, just, he's feisty, he's barking, he's putting everybody where they need to be. The defense has looked great. I mean, this, the goal that the Philadelphia Union scored, it was such a hard goal. It's almost like, man, it's like the probability of that happening again is not high. So you have to like what this team is doing where to score against them, it's almost like a miracle goal has to happen. Um, it's just, it's been great having Spectre there. Everybody looks much better. Everybody looks like where they should be. And Jose Aja has looked good. He's big. He's physical. He's pretty good on the ball. He's not as good as uh, Jonathan Spectre on the ball, but he is hes very physical. He's a big center back to have out there. And when you have Spectre putting him in the right spots and Jose Aja knowing what he should be doing, like it just it's great. So I'm really excited about the defense. Hopefully they can keep this up. It's only two games. I know. So, you know, it's, tr- you know, got to trust the process. But man, if they could, if Orlando City can have a defense, legit squad to to, to make a playoff a playoff run here, uh, and they this team really needs to make the playoffs. They pay a lot of money. I mean, the owners paid for the stadium pretty much. They it's, it, they they have to win. I mean, they're under they have got to win. So I just like everything that's going. You know, if suspect plays is up, maybe a U.S. national team appearance. I don't know. Maybe it looks good. Um, but I, I like, uh, I like what we're doing. The atmosphere, it was a little bit calmer this time than the first game, but it's still electric there. It's still loud. So it's, it finally looks like this is going to be a tough place to play and get some points on. Uh, let's do a quick MLS recap there. And then I'm going to talk about the Champions League draw and, and what I think, how I think that's going to end. Um. Let's just pull this up here. Um, we're going to transition that. Oops. All right. Across the nation here. Uh, Minnesota finally got a point uh, a couple weeks ago. Um, back for for Adrian Heath, you know, former Atlanta City coach. You know, great things for he did for us here. But I don't know if he's adjusted to the MLS. Like, he doesn't have a back four still. They don't do anything. They got their first point, but they got housed um, this week. And you just have to start to wonder, is he just is he just not an MLS coach? You know, I mean, they give up five goals again. I mean, they're just giving up goals like it's like it's water. So not a good sign. You know, it is good to get a, a win in Colorado. Colorado hasn't lost or anything, so they got a point there. Colorado fired their coach too, so you know we'll keep an eye on that. Um, New York City and Montreal split points. Um, the one thing when you watch a New York City game, obviously I'm a Yankees fan. I love Yankee Stadium, but that's just not a soccer stadium. They need to, It just looks really weird there. Um, when are they going to get a legitimate stadium? That's just uh, unacceptable there. Uh, Toronto took all three points from Canadian rivals Vancouver. No Juvenco, no problem so far. Uh, Josie scored. 
Uh, and it does appear to be like Toronto's the only team that actually understands how to use Michael Bradley. He is a deep line playmaking midfielder. Like, don't ask him to be a number ten. That's not his job. That's not his. That's not what that's not his role. Uh, I don't get that. Columbus Crew um, get three points on the road. Get their first victory against DC United. They actually beat Portland Timbers, who were undefeated. So they had back to back wins there. Columbus Crew actually now, if I'm not mistaken here, they should be first in the East. Uh, yeah, they sure are. Uh, but they have played four games, seven points from four games. And you just look at it, some of the other teams, Atlanta and Orlando, um, they've played fewer games and they have six points. So that will be an interesting race to see there. Um, and I'm going to talk about Atlanta in just a moment here after I finish with a quick recap. Um, Dallas beat New England, second place in the West as of two. They're still second place in the West. Portland's still first. Um, Galaxy got their first win of the of the season. Going into Utah, getting a 2-1 win against Real Salt Lake. Real Salt Lake also split with New York Red Bulls. Um, there was a good game last... Uh, there was supposed to be a good game there. Seattle beat New York Red Bulls 3-1. Sporting Kansas City a couple weeks ago also uh, continued their unblemished run. They was a 2-1 victory over San Jose. Uh, great. If you ever watch a game, another good team to watch is Kansas City. Uh, great atmosphere. Great goal from Benny Field Harbor. Um, but Kansas City has a great atmosphere there. Um, that's another good team to watch. The best atmospheres in MLS: Portland, Seattle, Sporting Kansas City, and Orlando. All in all, in the running for best um, best fans. Seattle's. I mean, they have they sell six to seven thousand seats every week. You know, but that's because they play in Coors Field. Um, but they could open up another set. They could probably open up 70,000 seats stay in there, fill it out. So good to them. Um, Atlanta, I saw, I finally saw an Atlanta game there. Um, they look good. We're going to jump into them in just a moment here, but I re I already recapped this week's sport, um, uh, this week's games. You know, right now, Columbus crew in first, Red Bull second. Atlanta, Orlando City, Toronto, New York City, if the season ends today, but we're still not even a month into it, so it doesn't. Um, Portland, FC, Dallas, Houston, Dynamo, San Jose, uh, Earthquakes, Sporting, Kansas City, and the Seattle Sounders out west right now are your top six. Um, let's talk about Atlanta real quick because this is a very interesting team. They kind of did the New York City route where they didn't have Excuse me, just sneeze. An NASL team or a USL team or anything like that. They kind of just they created a team out of nowhere. However, ever since the first game that they lost, they have been light hot, like white hot, on fire, lights out. It's funny. So the MLS has like what they call a DP designated player where you can pay somebody outside of the salary cap. You know, a whole bunch of money, like Kaka with Orlando City. Instead of getting somebody who's in their early 30s or late 30s, who's like a big name and a brand and can attract fans and blah, 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 all that good stuff. They went the opposite route. They found, they went into South America. This is something my friend and I have always been championing. Like why, why not use this to get young players who are good in either South America or Europe, but could become dominant here? Because, uh, listen... Fans want to see players who score goals, and Atlanta has a player who's scoring goals like, like it's a prison sentence, and he needs to score enough goals to get out of prison. 
Joseph Martinez is from Venezuela. He's the league leader in goals. He's got five already as of his third game. He is awesome. He's great to watch. Miguel Almiron from Paraguay has two goals, two assists himself. Uh, he's been great in their attacking roles at number 10. Controls the pace, the tempo, everything like that. Creating, scoring for himself. I really love what Atlanta is doing. They have a great manager in Tato Martinez. Um, he coached Barcelona. He coached Argentina. So he's bringing attractive possession type of passing, tiki-taka, whatever you want to call it. Um, but I love what they're doing as far as an organization. You know, you have these three players. Why? This sport's growing here. It's always, it's going to be locally huge because it's kind of similar to football where it's on the weekend. So people can plan for a weekend. It's You know, baseball may not sell it or basketball may not sell because it's on every day pretty much. You know, soccer is at the, it's at the weekend, so everybody can can, can, can go there. Um, but, I mean, they got young players who are attacking, who look happy to be here as well. A lot of the – and these aren't just scrubs. I mean, these are guys who were in big leagues in Serie A that they got – Joseph Martinez was brought on loan. That they completed that signing. He's now an official member for me. And he was playing in Serie A in the top flight there. So he's not a scrub. Um, we'll see how they can handle – Everything here because the, the the unique thing about about America is that you get every single time zone here, or every single type of environment, I should say. You have four different time zones. You have different weather. It gets hot. It gets cold. It's nice. They're flying all over the place. So I want to see how they adjust to that because um, that's a sneaky thing about all these other leagues. They can play a lot of games, but it's, it's really small. You know, the travel is not that bad. Unless when you start doing European competition. But um, here, you know, you could be Orlando and you have to fly it to Seattle. And it's a whole different time zone. And the weather's a lot different. And depending on when you play them, it's like, ugh. So, but they looked good in their second game against Minnesota in the snow. So, I think they'll adjust just fine. They're one of the funnest teams to watch. I would highly recommend them if you get the MLS uh, live pack. It's only 15 bucks a month or 80 bucks for the year. Um... I would watch them because they are lightning fast attacking. They score lots of goals. They have great fans. Like they fill up the Georgia Tech Stadium better than Georgia Tech football does. And Georgia Tech football has been around for a hundred years. So I like what they're doing early. We'll see. They got great kits, by the way. Jerseys for the non-initiated there. Great kits. I love black and red. It's my alma mater high school colors. Um, if there was an Orlando City. I would definitely be rooting for um, Atlanta. But, you know, check them out. I'm going to try and make it up to the game where Orlando City goes up there. And definitely next season when they open up the new stadium and they're playing in the new, the new Mercedes-Benz Georgia Dome. So um, I love what they're doing as far as the organization, top to bottom. You know, they did it the right way if you're not going to build for the, um, you know, the lower leagues in America. So... That's great there. Um, quickly, before we, we finish up here, um, we're going to talk the Champions League final. The champions! Um, we get the Champions League here. So we're down to the final eight. And, man, did we get a great draw. I woke up Saturday morning. I got 7 o'clock to watch the draw. So we have... These are the eight teams we have left. We have Monaco from 
the French League. Atletico Madrid, Real Madrid, and Barcelona from La Liga. We've got um, Leicester City of all teams, if you can believe it. Okay. And I'm trying to pull up the schedule here. I lost the other teams. Juventus and Bayern Munich. And there's one team I'm missing. Who am I missing? Oh, Borussia Dortmund. So, two Bundesliga teams, two Fre uh, one French team, one Premier League team. That's four, right? Two Bundesliga teams. Dortmund, Bayern Munich, Juventus, Monaco, Leicester City, and the three Spanish teams. So, yeah, I mean, we have... Um, a great draw there. Man, why can't I pull up the... Uh... Let me try this other way. Sorry. I was prepared for this part, but not this part. This part, I'm kind of just improving there. Let me just pull it up here on the side. I know it's... Um... I think if I'm not mistaken. Okay, so here we go. It's Dortmund and Monaco, which, in my opinion, is probably going to be the most fun. That's if you're. How do I want to say it? Not the millennial, but like the hipster. If you're the soccer hipster, Dortmund Monaco is your game. Uh, if you're the more old-fashioned, I mean, you have Juventus, Barcelona, and Bayern Munich and Real Madrid. I mean, you can ask for anything more. I mean, those are final four teams in themselves, and I mean, two of those teams are going to be gone. That's crazy. And then you have Atletico versus Leicester, which would be really fun because. Lesser likes to sit back and counter, and Atletico likes to press and attack. Um, we'll see how that one goes. That one should be fun, too. I mean, I'm really excited. I think Dortmund will take Monaco. Um, I think Barcelona's going to win the whole thing. I mean, they need, they were they were on life support, and they've been resurrected. They're going to win the thing, I think. Um, I like Juventus, but, man, Barcelona's just looking really good. I, I like Atletico to take Leicester, and I like Bayern to take off, yeah. Um, so, like, my final four is going to be Dortmund, Juventus. I'm sorry, Dortmund, Barcelona, Atletico, and Bayern. I don't know how it sets up from there. But it should be really fun. I would recommend that you guys watch these games. It's going to be... I mean, you couldn't really ask for more a better eight just because... You know, you get the young up-and-coming team in Monaco. You have the big names of Barcelona, Real, Bayern Munich, Juventus. You have the good, you know, you have the really good brand there in Atletico and Dortmund. Um, and then you have plucky little Leicester City there. Like, they have no right to be there, but they're there. They might take it from them. Who knows? I wouldn't be surprised. Um, but it's going to be fun finish the, the Champions League to get to, um, to Wales. Uh, Cardiff City in Wales, um, but yeah, highly recommend it there. It's gonna be fun, fun finish there, um, and it starts April, so we have two weeks to get prepared for this, build up the hype. It's gonna be great, I think. Uh, it's gonna be huge, huge, huge. Um, so, yeah, definitely watch that there. Um, but yeah, I mean, so. We got a lot of good soccer coming up. World Cup, World Cup qualifying has already started. USA had 
big victory against Honduras the other day. Um, so it'd be embarrassing if they don't make the World Cup and they need to make the World Cup. So I still like the Bruce Arena's hired. If he makes it there, okay, he did his job, but I don't think he's the right guy for what they what they really want. And um, we'll see. Um, but yeah, so thanks for listening. You can subscribe. We're on iTunes, Google Play, and SoundCloud. Uh, again, it's all part of the Prism Network. I have another podcast uh, called The Disputable Take, uh, where we talk more general sports there. Uh, but this is for the, the soccer, the soccer nutheads out there. I know you guys are out there, and uh, you know, click subscribe, listen, give reviews. If you think I suck, tell me I suck. That's fine. I don't really care. Um, the more hate you get, the better your, the bigger you're growing. So, right now I don't have any reviews, so that just means nobody's listening. So. To get people listening would be huge. We're going to start working on some other things as well to make the show a little bit bigger, a little bit better there. But that'll come down the line. For now, just listen, subscribe, review, tell your friends if you're interested in soccer. This is the Soccer Podcast for you. Um, Again, thank you for listening. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button. And enjoy. And watch football on the telly.